Welcome to Second Chance Church with Pastor Derek Aldridge. Praise the Lord, everyone. This is a great day to give God praise. Hallelujah. We serve a risen Savior, and he's worthy to be praised. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but I love the Lord today. I love him because he is my everything. I love him because he first loved me. So right where you are, lift your hands and say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Let's sing this worship song together. Come on, everyone, sing. I love you.
this morning is Psalms 37 out of the NIV Bible. It says, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness, righteousness reward shine like the new dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Amen. Shall we have a word of prayer? Father God, we thank you for this time for us to be able to come here and worship your holy name. We just ask you to bless those that are live streaming in. We ask you to bless those that are here in service today. We thank you for our praise team, our minister of music, those that are here that help make this service go forward. We just ask you to be with those that are sick. Bless Marshall. We thank you for the victory that he got over his service today. We ask you to be with Deacon Frazier and the loss of his sister. Lord, just bless each member that is not feeling well today. Strengthen us in this time. Heal our land. And bless this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. If you don't mind, just say something to somebody. God is a good God, ain't he? And he's worthy to be praised. Come on. Clap your hands. Leave it at home. Come on. Put those hands together. Simple song says...
for you, O Lord, has done, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. I want to talk about for a subject today, see you, and I wouldn't want to be you. See you, and I wouldn't want to be you. I want you to name every obstacle, every person, anything that you feel that might be hindering you from doing the will of God. And I want to call your problem Jonah this morning. If it's envy, call it Jonah. If it's backstabbing, call it Jonah. If it's a lying tongue, if you can't ever keep your promises, if it's cussing, if it's judging others, call it Jonah. If you're stingy, call it Jonah. If she wears a dress, call her Jonah. If he wears pants, call him Jonah. If you walk by people and don't speak to them, call yourself Jonah. If you're always on Facebook and got something negative to say, call yourself Jonah. If it's just simply being disobedient, call yourself Jonah. Jonah had disobeyed God and gone in the opposite direction that God had sent him. And one of the worst places you can be is outside of the will of God. Jonah the prophet, Jonah the preacher, had disobeyed God. So now he finds himself in a predicament. When we talked last week, we discovered that because of disobedience by one man, the sea is raging. And the, and the sea is raging, the ship was tossing back and forth and threatening to break up. So the sailors are afraid. The captain of the ship is mad. But all while this is going on, Jonah has been sleeping. He, he has slept through the rocking and reeling of the ship. He, Jonah has slept through it all. And the Bible says the captain of the ship goes down below and he wakes Jonah up and tells Jonah to call on your God. The Bible says that then the sailors do a spiritual inquiry, a criminal investigation. Uh, if you will, and ask Jonah seven questions. And based on the questions that they asked Jonah about who was responsible for the storm, evidently they must not have been satisfied with his answer. So they cast lots, and the lots fell on Jonah. So based on their system of judging at the, in that time, they come to the conclusion that Jonah is responsible for the storm. The Bible says that Jonah admits that he is running from the Lord. Jonah admits his mistakes. But even after admitting his mistakes, he's still not, he's still not as repentant, which means to turn and become obedient. So the storm still rages. See, admitting is one thing, but doing right, the right thing is what the Lord expects from us. It's okay to take responsibility for your mistakes, but the Lord wants to know now what are you going to do about it? So 
The text seems to imply that even though Jonah admits that the Lord, he admits his mistakes, the Lord is not satisfied because the storm stills blow. Because we all know that the Lord could have stopped the storm anytime he got ready. We've seen him do it before. You remember when Jesus was on the ship and the disciples were in a storm and, and, and the Bible says that Jesus was in the bottom of a ship laying on a pillow sleep and the, and the disciples go down and wake Jesus up and ask him, don't you care if we perish? And Jesus comes up to the top of the ship and simply says, peace be still. God could have stopped the storm any time he got ready. But evidently the Lord was not satisfied. And so the storm continues to blow. So because of one man's disobedience, everybody on the ship is caught in a storm. I was talking to a couple of pastors and I was listening to a couple of pastors on a prayer call the other day and they were on a Zoom call. And one of them said that God does not create storms. And I, I, I thought about this whole text that we had been reading. And he said, that's not the kind of God we serve, that God is a God of love. And I, I, I agree with him that God is a God of love. But in my Bible, I read where God, because of disobedience, has taken a whole uh, creation of people out. We can think about Noah. And the floods. We can take a, think about when the, the Israelites were disobedient. How many of them died because of plagues and things that God did. So we can't say that God is not responsible for this COVID. We don't know. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. But one thing that we can do is that when you got somebody on board the ship, you need to make sure you, you figure out when and how to get them out. So in November, we have an opportunity to go cast lots to change what's going on. Because maybe the captain of our, our, our country may be causing our problems right now. So each one of us has an opportunity to cast lots and change our situation. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We, we need to cast lights to see who needs to get thrown off the boat. So in verse 12, Jonah says, I want you to pick me up and throw me into the sea. And now at this time, just think about the sailors. They're unsaved. They don't know Jonah's God, they, but they still act better than some of us as Christians. They're trying to save Jonah. They, they don't want Jonah to die. But Jonah's running from God to keep the Ninevites, the sinners the Ninevites, from being saved. But the sailors who are sinners are trying to save his life. What a, what a thought. Here's the preacher, a prophet, who should have been witnessing to the sailors on the ship, but instead he's somewhere asleep. Yeah. See, what that says to me is that when you have a disobedient spirit, you don't take time to be concerned with what's going on with your brother or sister. Your focus is staying away from God. Shame on anyone of us who won't take the opportunity to witness to somebody else. God bless you and I so we can be a blessing to others. So every opportunity that you have, you ought to talk about Jesus Christ. 
Every chance you get, you need to tell somebody about Jesus. In this season, we need to brag on Jesus. You know, we'll brag on our barbers and our hairstylists. We'll brag on our doctors and our lawyers. We'll brag on our new flat screen TVs. We brag on our booze if they're doing what we want them to do. So we brag on everything else. It just looks like to me that we ought to brag about the goodness of Jesus Christ. He's a mighty good savior to brag about. Because when your barber and your hairstylist mess your head up, Jesus is still with you. When your doctors can't heal your body and your lawyers can't get you out of jail, Jesus will still be there with you. Jesus is the only one that's going to get us through this season. Somebody ought to brag on Jesus. Matter of fact, I don't care who leaves you. Because my Bible says when my mother and father forsakes me, then the Lord will pick me up. So it just makes sense to me to brag on the master. Jonah says that you don't, you don't want to do it, but pick me up and throw me overboard. Now, watch verse 13. It says, instead, instead the men did their best to row back to land. Instead of obeying the preacher, these men tried other ways. The Bible says the wages of sin are death, and the gift of God is eternal life. And instead of us telling people the way out of your mess is to accept Christ, we try to show them other routes. We roll harder, trying to be successful in other ways. The Bible says we should give according to how God has blessed us, but instead of tithing, we tip God. We roll harder the other way. We're trying to win the lottery, we, we, we roll hard. Trying to win in casinos, rowing hard. We try to get rich on rich quick schemes. We're rowing hard. The Bible says trust in God and he'll supply your every need. But we want to trust in man and he fails us every time. But verse 13 says that the men did their best to row back to shore. But right in the middle of the verse, right in the middle of verse 13, we find this word but. Function, function, what's your conjunction? This word but shows up. The verse says the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not. Which means that when you use up all of your resources that you have, and, and they don't work for you, when you try all your ways and you still can't find success, I recommend that you go back to the man that made you, the man that woke you up this morning. If God had sense enough to make you, then don't you think he knows how to supply your every need? It says that they could not row back to the shore. And I think that if we were honest with ourselves, we would say that everything that I try to do without the Lord fails. If I only turned to God, it was only when I tried to st stop thinking that I could do things by myself. It was then that the Lord took control of my situation. Verse 13 says that the sea grew even wilder than before. Jonah had brought trouble on board the ship. The Bible says in verse 14 that they cried out to the Lord. In the scripture, the word Lord is written in capital, all capital letters. Anytime you see the word Lord written in all caps in the Old Testament, it's talking about Jehovah, it's talking about Yahweh, it's talking about El Shaddai, the great I am. In verse 14, something has happened to the sailors in the middle of the storm. Something has happened in their lives in the middle of all this chaos. 
In chapter 1, verses 5, the Bible says they cried to their gods with a little g. But now here in chapter 14, something has happened in the storm. Something happened after they tried rowing back to land. Something happened after they tried doing things their way. The Bible says they called on their gods and did not get an answer. So the Bible says then they cried out to the Lord. They cried out to the lily of the valley, to the bright and morning star. They cried out to the great I am. They cried out to Jonah's God. It took the sailors a while. They had to try it their way. They had to do it their way first. And that's why I want to encourage you that if you see people in the body of Christ maturing slowly, or if you see the unsaved moving slowly, don't give up on them in this season. It takes some longer than others. You'll know what I'm talking about if you have children, because you know they don't all mature the same. You got some that crawled at six months. You got some children that start walking at nine months. You got some children that are potty trained in one year. And then you got some children that are grown that still wet in the bed. So some of you, and, and you'll say, you know, some of some of your children, you 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 say that that one's kind of slow there. I don't know what's wrong with him. Well, it's the same with those that are not saved and those that are in the body of Christ. We don't all mature at the same time. We don't all find Christ at the same time. It takes some of us longer. So I just want to encourage you in this season, don't give up. It takes some of us longer to get the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians says the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And just like our children, it takes some of us longer in the body of Christ. It takes some of us longer to have patience with one another. It takes some of us longer to be gentle with one another. It takes some of us longer to be kinder with one another. It takes some of us longer to gain self-control. So if you got somebody to slow, getting saved or maturing, don't give up on them. Pray for them. Be patient with them. Just do your part and God will do the rest. We'll all mature in God's time. So the Bible says in the 15th verse that they took Jonah and they threw him overboard. The Bible says the raging sea became calm. When they threw Jonah over, the clouds disappeared. When they threw Jonah over, the, the lightning stopped flashing and the, the thunder stopped roaring. When they threw what was disobedient on board, overboard, the sea became calm. Somebody in here and somebody listening might have, have some storms raging in your life. Well, maybe you got Jonah on board. Well, God is trying to tell you this morning that you might need to throw some things overboard this morning. I don't know who your Jonah is in your life. I don't know what your Jonah is in your life, but you need to throw him overboard. If it's doubt, throw it overboard. If it's envy, throw it overboard. If it's a mean spirit, throw it overboard. If it's a lion tongue, throw it overboard. Somebody need to throw some stuff overboard today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I close. Verse 16 gives us three things that we need to know about worship. It said that these men greatly feared the Lord. When they started out on this journey, they didn't know Jonah's God. But now the Bible says that they feared the Lord. Verse 5 says that the sailors were afraid of the storm. Verse 10 says that the sailors 
verse 10 says that the sailors were terrified. But verse 16 says that the sailors feared the Lord. At first they were afraid of the storm, but now they feared the Lord. The storm's over, but now they give God his props. I've discovered that if God allows you to come out of the situation, then you ought to fear him. When you come to worship, you're coming to, you're coming to worship because you, you fear the Lord. You respect the Lord for what he's done for you. I'm afraid that God is going to, you know, I, I, I'm not afraid that God's going to wipe me off the map. But I'm afraid that I, I but I'm afraid that I, I, I have to show up and show God I appreciate everything that he's done for me. When I, when I think about how I messed up. When I think about the fact that he keeps giving me chance after chance, that he kept me all this past week, that he let me go to sleep last night and woke me up early this morning. He leads me around danger seen and unseen. He leads me around drunk drivers. He's got me home safely when I've been driving dirty. He leads me by accident. He leads me through the shallow of the valley, the valley of the shallow of death. Shame on me. If I don't fear him enough to get up early Sunday morning, and no matter where I am, no matter where I have to worship, I begin to worship him. Even if you're at home right now, you can still worship the Lord. Your hair might not be combed. You might be having your house coat on. You might be riding in the car. But God does not care where you are. You can still worship him. And the reason I'm going to worship him is because I recognize what he's worth to me and who he is to me. Is there anybody, is there anybody grateful today for who he is in your life and what he's done in your life? Then you ought to worship him. I worship him with joy in my heart, with clapping in my hands. The Bible says they feared the Lord. The second thing they did was they offered a sacrifice unto the Lord. How does God know that I'm serious about him? I don't come to the Lord empty handed. I'm coming to make a sacrifice. Because on a hill called Calvary, he made the ultimate sacrifice for me. At the cross, he made the ultimate sacrifice. And that's all I want to say this morning, is that when I was lost and I couldn't find my way, all I had to do is just bow down at the foot of the cross. God will take you in his arms. He will come see about you. God is looking for sacrifices this morning. He's looking for somebody that has some true worship for him. He says, present your body as a living sacrifice. I wonder who's willing to make a sacrifice for the Lord because he made one for you and I. The title of the message was see you and I wouldn't want to be because verse 17 says that the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And that's where I found my shout because it did not say that the fish ate Jonah. It said that it swallowed Jonah. Yes, See, there's a difference in rescue and recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Rescue means that I, I, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm somewhere to be found. Yeah. But recovery means that they're looking for something that's dead. 
And I thank God that one day when I was lost, he, he rescued me. Is there anybody grateful for the rescue power of God today? Anybody ever been in a situation where you were about to be eaten up by the devil, but God provided you a way out? Oh, I thank him this morning. It did not look good for Jonah, but the songwriter reminds me that like a ship that's tossed and driven, battered by an angry sea, when the storms of life are raging and the fury falls on me, I wonder what I have done to make this race so hard to run. But I say to my soul, take courage. The Lord will. I want you to know this morning, the Lord will make a way somehow. Is there anybody knows that the Lord will? make a way somehow. When your rent is due, he will. When there's sickness in your body, he will. Anybody know he will? If you know that he will, why don't you give him some praise this morning? He will. I know he will. He will. He will. God bless you. He will. There might be somebody this morning that doesn't know the Lord and what he will do for you. But I just want you to know that all you have to do is the ABCs, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And it's simple. It says, thou shalt be saved. So all you got to do is confess and believe. We thank God for you this morning. God bless you. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you.
God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We love you. Have a blessed day. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Second Chance Church, The Praise Factory.